and thank you for listening to the last Dairy Dialogue podcast of 2018. I'm Jim Cornall, editor of Dairy Reporter, and today is the last day before everyone heads off for the holidays for many people, so it's time to head down to the supermarkets and panic buy, because two weeks supply of food for two days off is just nowhere near enough. It's also a little odd because, of course, Dairy Reporter is a global dairy publication, so I can't mention things like snow at Christmas, when many of our readers and listeners either don't celebrate Christmas or live in places where it's warm, and the only way to get a white Christmas would be to pour milk in the street, which isn't recommended and it's definitely not good for building snowmen. Ice cream, maybe, although that melts. Speaking of ice cream, as I try and fail with a seamless segue, that's the topic of our first interview today, as we talk to the Ice Cream Alliance in the UK. And then we'll feature an interview about a Lithuanian cheese company, Jemiteos Pianas. And of course, we'll get our weekly update on the global dairy markets from John Lancaster at INTLFC Stone. Firstly this week, tis the season of indulgence, and one product that's always been seen as a sweet treat at any time of year is ice cream. Next year is an anniversary year for the Ice Cream and Gelato Expo, which is held in February in Harrogate in the UK, and we spoke with Zelika Carr, CEO of the organisers of the event, the Ice Cream Alliance, about the event and how companies can enter the prestigious ice cream championship. I asked about planning for the event, which I assume starts as soon as the previous one is finished. Yes, we do. We sell, um, we'll be set in 2020 at 2019 show. It just, it just sounds remarkable, doesn't it, in some ways? Um, yes, and so we've got a year's lead into it. As you can imagine, everything normally happens last minute. So uh, there will be quite a flurry once we get back from Christmas on the 2nd of January because it will just literally be weeks away. What does the event include? Uh, the event includes, obviously, our National Ice Cream Competition, which runs on the Tuesday and Wednesday. We have our AGM on the Thursday there. We also run a host of different seminars on different aspects to do with the industry, anything from how to balance a great recipe and even look at maybe sugar reduction. You know, with the sugar tax that's coming on the drinks industry, we perceive that in the future we will probably come over to ice cream just because ice cream is classed as a luxury product. So we're trying to get ahead of the game. Obviously, um, vegan ice cream has become very popular, as you know. So, yeah, yeah, very exciting, really, a few days. Sure. And how many exhibitors would you have, roughly? We envisage between, um, I would say, up to probably about um, 50 exhibitors. Everything's all under one roof. So whether you're looking, obviously, for new signage or um, a tricycle to promote your business or um, ingredients, packaging, um, machinery, we have it all there. It's just basically UK-based, is it? Or does, does there an international aspect to there's, it? Yeah, there's definitely a, um, a European feel to it because a lot of our um, exhibitors are the UK agents for either Italian flavour houses or, um, or packaging companies. And definitely um, international, I would say, because obviously we do have people that fly in from abroad as far as Australia, believe it or not. We even had China come across a couple of years ago because they've been looking at uh, obviously promoting ice cream in their country. So we've come to see how the UK do it. We have people come over from Holland. Have there, have there been any discussions or will there be any discussions at the next event on the impacts of Brexit? Oh, definitely. Yes, I would say so. Because we're all just hanging in the balance and we're having our exhibition just before 31st of March, then um, yes, of course, 
we're all talking about it now. I think it's been a daily occurrence for nearly two years, hasn't it? And we're still no further forward in, in knowing how that is actually going to affect us, whether we're going to be part of the deal or not. Um, obviously, because we do have um, European influences and we do have staff that come in from Europe to support the industry, we're all wondering how that's going to impact. You know, at the end of the day, we will embrace whatever happens and obviously continue to promote the industry, which is an amazing industry. And, and of course, you have the competition. Is that Has that run every year since the beginning or is that a relatively Yeah, new? the competition has actually probably been going um, because before we become became the Ice Cream Alliance, there were two other uh, trade associations that merged together to become um, the Ice Cream Alliance in 1944. So there were some of our trophies actually go back to the 1930s because we still give out solid silver trophies for the award winners for all the classes and we've got 16 different categories you know anything from beautiful vanillas to your um, classic chocolate and other fantastic flavors in between we also um, have a frozen yogurt class and so you know we have been running that competition um, for many many years and we will continue to do that so we showcase what is absolutely fantastic about the industry we judge around about 500 samples over the first two days on the tuesday and the wednesday so the 12th and the 13th of february and it's just absolutely amazing and then we obviously announce the class winners at our presidential ball which is on the wednesday night which is in the pavilions in harrogate so anybody is welcome to, to come along. You don't have to be a member to join us at the ball. And it's a great networking opportunity as well as um, celebrating success and what's great about the industry. And as far as the awards are concerned, have the number of categories changed? You mentioned different things coming into the industry, such as low sugar and vegan and all of those other things. Have, have they been reflected in the categories? We um, opened up to innovation a couple of years by... Um, opening up a class called the Open Flavor Class. And in that, that's the most supported class. It's the only class that we actually can allow two entries into because all the other classes you can enter one entry. And so we, we really do showcase what is innovation. We are looking at vegan and we do have some of our members that may keep vegan ice cream, but we haven't brought that in as a category as yet. We used to have five vanilla classes and we've simplified that. So we've got three vanilla classes. We've got like a dairy ice cream, just an ice cream and an open ice cream in the vanilla categories. And so we, we have everything, you know, we, we showcase like what's great about vanilla and what's great about flavor. And we also have a couple of sorbet classes. So, and we do also um, have a ice cream cake class, which is called the artistic class. We have a small and a large artistic class. And this year we are doing a, in the small class on the artistic is party hat. And on the large is our 75th anniversary. So we want to see what the industry can come up with that's quite innovative in reference to our 75 years in the industry. Mm. A bit like British Bake Off for ice cream. Then. <laughs> that's exactly like it. Yes. And you can't believe what ideas people come up with when we give them these sort of themes. You know, they really do think outside the box sometimes and they are so intricate. Uh, absolutely amazing and obviously to create that class you've got, you've got to literally be in in the freezer as you can imagine trying to make up those classes so it's you know very fine detail under extreme pressures 
And, and uh, how many members do you have? We have uh, around about 530, which is uh, in the UK, and probably only about 15 members abroad. And, and as far as the entries is concerned, it's open to any member company? Yes, you can. You can if you are a manufacturer, we have a non-manufacturing class, which is soft serve, which is mainly um, showcasing for people like mobilers, who obviously know have like the soft serve uh, products, so they can enter the competition under that class, but anybody who manufactures, we have 15 other classes you can enter. So this is the first first time in 75 years we're using an online entry form. You don't have to be a member to enter the competition. And and all the details are on our website, which is www.ice-cream.org. Okay, and is there a deadline? A deadline for closing of the competition is January the 11th. And then we do have collection points all over the UK that you can take your sample to be dropped off and we pick it up and bring it to Harrogate. Or you can bring it yourself to Harrogate on the uh, Monday the 11th of February where you can drop off um, on the National Ice Cream Competition stand between 1 and 4. And this is the first year that we're um, actually brought gelato into the titled the, the actual expo so it is the ice cream and gelato expo because we know that there's lots of synergies out there and lots of businesses that are obviously um, opened up gelaterias and so we're encompassing those and within our industry. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well that people might see ice cream as a, as a static category whereas it's really not it's evolving all the time. It is it is I mean like I said I mean before Traditionally, when I was younger, it was your uh, strawberry, your chocolate and your vanilla. And now some of our members display up to 40 different flavours in their parlours at one time. What are the most unusual flavours that you would get at the show? Oh, we've had curry. Uh, We've had eggs and bacon. We've had Marmite. So some very savoury products, I would say, that are quite unusual. Coffee is very popular as coffee is very popular as you know as a, a UK drink now it's now coming to ice cream still trying to wrap my head a little bit around marmite and curry <laughs> I know and, it, and I have to say even if you're not a curry lover you still would want to try it just to see what it was like yeah exactly well it, with marmite as well it's one of those products that people either love or hate so I, I assume right. that the ice cream's the same yeah that's it yeah yeah I mean our members can make anything haggis ice cream we've had before so, you know, that's for the Scottish contingency and anything that sort of comes along, you know, um, that would be great. Now it's to Lithuania via London as one company has bucked the Brexit trend by banking on the UK as a good growth market for its products. Shemiteos Pianas has products in the UK and now an office to further boost its growth in the UK market. Bobby Davey has represented the company for the last five years and is responsible for raising the profile of their products with retailers and consumers in the UK. She supports the sales team who are based in the newly opened London offices. I asked first about setting up a UK office under the current climate with Brexit looming. Well, the UK is a a really significant market for ZP and we recently got a new listings in Sainsbury's for four of the products and then um, Magia, our sweet curd cheese dessert bar is in Tesco's and it seemed, you know, that it was the right time to open up an office in London to base our, which what is an expanded sales team there. And that way we can support retailers and stockists more actively and also grow, hopefully, in the UK market, targeting not just grocery, where, where we've had a presence for a while, but also moving into the catering sector as well. 
So you mentioned grocery and you mentioned some of the the big players there, obviously Tesco and Sainsbury's. Is that available across the country or just in certain areas? We have a, a very wide range of products from hard to soft cheeses, from different formats, so cubed, sliced, grated, as well as the wheels and the wedges. So essentially what that means is we have an offer that will suit nearly all the retail types in the UK from the specialist independent cheese shops to the grocery chains like Budgeons and then on to, to the larger companies like Sainsbury's and Tesco's. So we're targeting every sector of, of the retail market and have a product that will be suitable in each of those sectors because of course they all have very different demands. And the company has quite a wide distribution through Eastern Europe, does it? Yes, Picnic is sold in over 13 countries, Dugas in 15, Magyar is now over um, five or six different countries. It's a relatively new product in the range. So, yeah, we are definitely increasing our presence in the European markets, and you can find us in stores like Monolith and Aachen and Intermarché, Netto. So, yes, as an exporter, we're really focusing on growing in the international markets. Lithuanian is a difficult language for many. Uh, product naming must be something it, of a You're of an issue. right. And, and one of the first things that we often hear when we go and present to buyers is, do you guess, how do you pronounce that? And the answer is, actually, it's part of what differentiates who we are and what we do. There's great support for the cheese amongst our fans who have already discovered it. And they understand the story behind it. The myth is that the Dugas cheese was um, gifted to the local people in Telshai from the giant of Telshai to celebrate his uh, marriage to his, his wife and that it should bring joy and strength to all who eat it. So it has this wonderfully unique proposition. And I think if we changed the name, all that backstory, all the narrative that fits behind the brand would suddenly disappear. And I think that that would be a shame. And the quality of the cheese, it's, if you like, it's a traditional approach. It's a traditional name. It has a traditional story and we make it in a traditional way. So all the values kind of reflect that very Lithuanian approach. It almost works in our favor by being a, a little unusual. And, and what else differentiates the, the products? Obviously, there are so many cheeses on the market these days. How do you... You're right. But A, they're from Lithuania, and, and that immediately starts a new narrative off. Dugas is a flagship hard cheese, and it's differentiated by being very mature. I mean, its youngest maturity is 12 months, and then it's sold in 18, 24, and 36 months maturities. So uh, your average English cheddar is mature at 12 to 18. Well, that's where our baby cheese comes in. So the maturity of it is, is, makes it different. The other way it's different is it's not just a cheese board cheese. It's a great cheese for the fridge. In fact, um, that's why grated Dugas is now available in Sainsbury's. More as a, a product that's used as an ingredient to add depth and flavor to a dish or to use as a seasoning on a salad. So 
I think that's unusual for the UK market to have that breadth in one product. With Picnic, it's mozzarella peelable cheese stick, and that's a, a, quite an innovative format, and we've just recently enriched it with vitamin D, so it helped put a healthier snack into the market, and as you know, the snack market for cheese is one of the areas of growth. I'd say on, on innovation, we have strengths as well. If you look at our Magia, which is very interesting, it's a curd-based cheese. Well, curd isn't particularly well-known in the UK, but I think it may be a trend that we find developing in 2019. The innovation is we've produced a process that allows us to aerate the curd, and then it's a light, sweet but if you like nutritious snack, and if you're going to choose between a chocolate bar and a curd bar, your curd bar is going to be just as satisfying, but um, slightly healthier for you. I think the French are used to eating farmage fraise, the Italians eat ricotta cheese. They're used to seeing a curd or a fresh, a young cheese as a savory sweet option. And I think that may be something that is really interesting for the UK market going forward into 2019. So you've got your very mature cheese with Dugas, your much younger cheese with Magia and um, with Picnic. And then we hit the middle ground with Germanto, which is a Gouda-style cheese, semi-hard. And we sell it in the UK as a cubed product. So that, again, is a great fridge staple. It's a typical cook's friend. You just open it. It's a resealable pack and add it to salads, to pastas. So I think that's what makes it very worthwhile having a look at Lithuanian cheese and in particularly the products from Germatios Pianas because they cover all the bases and in most of the formats. And Picnic is the most recent one. Picnic and Magia um, were, are pretty close to having been picked up roughly about the same time. So Magia is actually the newest that Picnic has just been relaunched with the enriched vitamin D elements. Do they have many more products that they're intending to bring over? Yes, they are known in, in the Baltics for organic products and they have organic grange. And I know that that's something that is earmarked for coming to the UK market probably in the next year. They're also innovating other products. So we will hear more from the, the new product development area, I think. Nice to see a company expanding in the UK. From our point of view, I mean, you said about Brexit earlier. I, I know that we are trying to look beyond Brexit to a point when the status quo has been re-established, and that will happen, at which point the UK still offers a significant opportunity in the dairy area. We are a cheese-loving nation. We continue to expand our interest in different cheeses, and we like mature cheeses. So that's why it's basically, if, as long as you innovate, as long as you offer quality, and as long as you get the price right, the UK is definitely the market to be in, and I don't think Brexit will change that. And now it's time for our regular look at the global dairy markets with INTL FC Stone's John Lancaster. So in, in some ways it's been a, a little bit quieter in the, in the run-up to Christmas and, and the end of the year. Um, there hasn't been too much news out this week. We've seen some numbers out of the U.S. Um, U.S. November milk production was up 0.6% uh, year-on-year. 
and the bigger one on the international market side of things as um, we saw the New Zealand milk production for November up 2.3% on last year. Expectations had been maybe that the uh, New Zealand production would have been a little bit stronger for November. That puts their season to date uh, up to November up 4.9%, so relatively st- still relatively strong for the season to date. When you look at Europe in context then, um, we, we haven't got a full set of numbers out for November yet, but for October, European uh, milk production down about 0.2% or so. Or, or so. so on a, on a supply side, we're still coming in relatively um, strong on, on the milk production side. Dairy markets uh, in Europe have been flat to um, a little bit stronger over the last week on butter and, and skim milk powder and it moving, moving sideways and, and slightly higher. So a lot of people starting to wind down now for Christmas and uh, the end of the year. Thanks, John. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tool and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. And that is about all we have for this week and indeed this year. We'll be back again in January with all of the dairy news online and the weekly Dairy Dialogue podcast. So to borrow from the Beatles, we'd like to thank you once again. Hope you have a wonderful and peaceful holiday season wherever you may be. And we wish you all the very best for 2019.